0: Welcome to a very special President's Cup edition of the Ford Press Podcast presented by GolfWeek.com. I'm your host, David Dusak, and joining me from Royal Melbourne Golf Club in Australia is Adam Shupak, who's been reporting all week for GolfWeek.com. The United States team has made a comeback and was able to win the 2019 President's Cup, 16-14 against the international team. And in the podcast, you're about to hear Adam and I talk at length about the job done by Captains Ernie Ells and Tiger Woods. We also talk about the performance of some of the great players like Justin Thomas and Abraham Answer. We also talk about the crowd at Royal Melbourne that greeted Patrick Reed with jeers and songs and more than a few expletives, and how Reed and his caddy handled that, um, and how things went on Sunday for the American team. Lots to talk about in this very special edition of the Board Press. Get stronger, hit longer, and end pain with Golf Forever. Created by Justin Leonard and co-author of the Younger Next Year Backbook, Dr. Jeremy James, Golf Forever is the Take Anywhere online golf fitness program that helps you build a body prime for golf. It's simple, safe, and it works. At home, in the gym, on the golf course, Golf Forever's easy-to-follow exercises, warm-up routines, and course management videos will help you play your best pain-free. Sign up today at GolfForever.com and use promo code GOLFWEEK for a free 14-day trial. But joining the podcast now is Adam Shupak, who is still in Melbourne, Australia, where the Americans have won the 2019 President's Cup. And Adam, you and I had a chance to chat a little bit um, before the final singles matches began at around 8.10 Eastern time on uh, Saturday night, which was Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon for you guys. Tiger was drains a pot on the 10th hole to go two up on Abraham answer, and he made it made me start thinking about what we were chatting with, which is the depth of the U.S. team and how many really top players I thought and you thought were in singles. That was going to end up being the difference, and, and it was. The, the Americans won the single session 8-4, to four, but things got a lot closer down the stretch than either of us thought they would. I think that we got the outcome we were all anticipating, but maybe not how we got there. When you think back on the 2019 Presidents Cup. What what are going to be the things, the takeaways that first and foremost stand out in your mind?
1: Well, I think this event, uh, the new life was breathed into it with this very competitive, exciting, close, and just this is this is what we want to see in this type of competition. Yep. Love match play, love love everything. Thing really about this this concept of of starting it on thursday versus friday the way the Ryder cup does i love how the captains uh pick teams against you know go back and forth i love that um and i and i and i think that uh, i think ernie Els did a great job as captain and bringing this team giving this team some unity which it had always struggled with, with the different cultures involved agreed um I think that's one of my big takeaways. Uh, but I think probably my biggest of all is that this was a really squandered opportunity. This was the year for the international team to finally break through and get, get, get a victory and end this. Like it's really one of the longest losing streaks, streaks in sports right now. And, uh, I think it's going to be that way for, uh, well, you know, they don't put, they only play every two years, but I think, you know, quail hollow in, in 2021, um, I'm going to go ahead and say the Americans are going to probably have an even better team
0: well, than they did yeah. this year. So... Mean, if, you look, if you look at the core, and I want to get into that in just a couple minutes, the core of the American group and the core of the internationals. The internationals had a lot of rookies out there, but I think that there were some really critical players that, I agree, this this may have been their last best chance. You know, How many more years are we going to have Adam Scott be able to play like Adam Scott? Some of the other players... Have been somewhat up and down. Louis Oosthuizen, who's been a real stalwart for this team, we've already seen some of the guys that we would have thought of as the core group. They're they're already being phased out, and they're being replaced by some fantastic players. But yeah, I, I would agree. How how much better of an opportunity they're they're at a golf course that's very un-American. After the the U.S. team gets in a plane, flies, you know, as it's been well noted, twenty-six hours from the Bahamas down to Melbourne. So they've got the jet lag effect on a golf course that Ernie Els and Jeff Ogilvy, Cameron Smith, um, you know, all these guys know really, really well. Obviously, Adam Scott they they know it really well. How much more can they have going in their favor? They got the big lead early, and and to your point, they squander it. And the U.S. depth, I yeah. think, sort of comes through again. So I, I agree. I think it's going to be a real problem for them.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head, and and, and you, you know, no no Brooks Kepka this time. Yeah, the number DJ one player in the was, world. Yeah. DJ was, you know, com- had, had a long layoff and, and, and surgery and, and, and same with kind of Ricky and really it was kind of rusty. And uh, it did take them a few days to figure out how to play that golf course, uh, which, you know, that they're not going to have that issue at Quail Hollow. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's there's some young studs coming along. I mean, I don't know why I, it, Tiger Woods could have easily have taken Colin Morikawa or or Matt Wolf. Uh, I think those guys are going to be more seasoned and, and probably uh, in consideration for the team. There's a good chance, you know, who knows, Jordan Spieth could be back on top of the world by sure. then. And uh, uh, so I, I think the American team is, is locked and loaded. And, and uh, I, you know, I felt for the the international team, it seemed like this was their year. They they, they could have had a, a, a very large lead going into uh, – you know, Saturday, potentially 9-1 or 8-2. And instead, of you know, some, some matches got flipped late. And 6.5 to 3.5 um, was still a nice lead, but but didn't turn out to be enough coming down the stretch.
0: Els alluded to that on the fairway he was being interviewed on Golf Channel, and they were asking him about it. And, and he alluded to the second session where, at one point, the international team was ahead in all five matches that were on the golf course. And they had the opportunity to go out there and really distance themselves and the Americans put on a late charge and grabbed some points and took some off the board for the international teams and we saw a repeat performance of that um in Saturday's play late again and yeah I, I think that those squandered opportunities and that sort of being the takeaway for you is something that's you, you just can't escape that one of the things that I thought was most interesting though is that after Matt Kuchar seals the win by making that putt to go up one on the seventeenth with Louis Oosthuizen, guaranteeing that the U.S. was going to get at least a half point, and that was going to seal it. Tiger Woods was about as emotional and and seemed more full of joy than I can ever remember him seeing on a golf course. He was beaming, absolutely just. He kept referring to like you know my boys and we earned it as a yeah. team. You know they didn't give it to us; we had to earn it, and we did. How would you rate Tiger's performance as captain in this Presidents Cup?
1: Uh you know, kind of I kind of have mixed feelings about how he did. I really thought it was uh uh I think his biggest error was keeping Webb Simpson and Patrick Reed together for three sessions. I thought I was a little surprised that the, he paired them together the first day and then a little more surprised that he went with them the second day. I really thought that the pairing was gonna be the two Patrick's, Patrick Cantley and and Patrick Reed. Um they never even played together, and then the third after they lost twice to the throw him out the third time, I thought didn't make any sense, and they got they got really whipped that last day. Patrick Reed didn't even make a birdie, um, and uh, I thought that was the, the biggest thing that I didn't like. And then just uh, the decision not to play at all on Saturday, you know, he still really hasn't explained fully what he was doing there, but I guess you know. It all comes down to how people play, and that one, I guess, didn't really backfire since they had a pretty good session.
0: Well, yeah, uh, overall, I mean, that 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 to me, he he got a little bit lucky with that one. I I think that, and again, you're you're on the grounds in Australia, and, and I'm not, but we know that cold weather, damp weather, and such like that is going to be really difficult for Tiger Woods back. And I have a hunch that he probably knew he was going to need to get some level of rest going five sessions was probably not gonna be realistic for Tiger and if he was gonna sit one out, that blustery chilly session, I mean the the image of Patrick Cantley wearing the hat and looking absolutely <laughs> miserable as he got ready to tee off was, was hysterical. And those were just not conditions that were going to be good for him. And the problem was that he and at that point, Justin Thomas were the they were the best American team bar none. I mean they they were out there getting points in the first session, the second session they needed his iron game. They needed his putter, which all, all of that was coming through. Tiger played, and we can get to Tiger, the player, in just a second, but he was brilliant, and for him to bench himself, to me, just said, I don't know that the weather conditions and the way my back is, is going to be is going to be the best chance for us. I was equally surprised to see um, Reed going back out there with Webb Simpson and you know what was your reaction? I suppose to to the benching. How surprised were you that he didn't play at all, or even c- come out in the in the afternoon session on Saturday?
1: I really thought that was. I, I didn't see that one come in I, A lot of, in some ways, I kind of felt the f- fans who uh, you know came out that we'll day. The tickets, yeah. Uh, left, yeah. They, they were they, they were cheated of the opportunity to see Tiger. We're not sure how many more times he's going to come all the way back to Australia. Maybe not at all. Um, but I, you know, I, I thought. Why, why are you taking your best player so far out of competition for two days for the full for two sessions for the full day mm-hmm. uh he he and he and justin thomas looked unbeatable together and so uh i just i i didn't like that call at all yeah. I, I guess it like you said it probably comes down to how he, he was feeling the only person who really kind of made that I thought publicly said anything to, to that extent was Gary Woodland came in for a press conference and said that Tiger basically felt he wasn't, he wasn't ready to go. And uh, otherwise, cause Tiger's just, you know, a lot of his answers were just very elusive and ambiguous and uh, evasive, anyone. I guess would be the, yeah, he was, he was, uh, he was um, just didn't share a lot of any, and neither did, did Ernie who, uh, you know, had this whole, um, you know, we may, and I don't know how much you want to talk about the number. Well, yeah, that was that, that, to, he, that to me is the next logical
0: thing is that that Tiger Woods, you know, was was good as a captain, and and I think there's some questionable moves, and and you you mentioned the two, but on the flip side, Ernie Els to me said all the right things, especially at the beginning, and seemed to have pushed all the right buttons. I love the idea that he created that shield or that emblem, which they really didn't get into a whole lot of detail about the the, the symbols that are sort of embedded within it. But he did it, I think, an outstanding job of creating really for the first time in a while, team unity and getting everybody together. I I thought it was fascinating that he gave the impression that he wanted his players to play the golf course in a certain way, that he obviously understands Royal Melbourne tremendously well. And you wrote for Golf Week about how they were using 15th Club and different types of analytics to try and come up with the best combination of players, the best ways to play the golf course, etc. He really, it seemed, put his players in a position where they could succeed. It was up to them to execute shots, but obviously it didn't work out in the end. What what were your feelings about the big, easiest captain?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I I think he did a, a as good a job as probably could be done. Maybe there's some questions about, you know, he made second-guess, you could second-guess some of his uh, batting order for the singles on Sunday, but I think overall, I, I think he did a really good job of, of getting, I think the player's, loved playing for him i think that they will uh i think there's a good chance he will be back as the captain in 2021 e- ever interestingly every uh president's cup international captain except for the original one david graham um has had multiple terms as as the president's cup captain so it wouldn't be a, it's not an, an unusual thing for the for multiple years and ernie ells you know with his Ranking in the game and stature certainly deserves another chance. He, he poured a ton of energy into this. Uh, I thought, you know, Louis, Louis mentioning that, uh, th- that, this process all started with the team gathering at Shinnecock in, in, in June of 2018 at the U S open. That's how long they've been trying to get this team together. And, and, uh, I think, I think what he did really worked. Jeff Ogilvy, uh, when I was chatting with him, made the point that, you know, he remembered a year where the first time he ever met KT Kim was, uh, who played in, on, in Korea and Japan was, was, uh, on, on the Tuesday of the week of the matches. And, and he said, you know, he's was he was my, we were friends by Saturday, but you know, at that point it's a little too late. You know, these, yeah. these guys were bonded as a team ahead of time better. And then I do think the analytics, uh, was successful in putting some teams together that they might not have have come up with in the past, Ernie saying that a lot of, you know, a lot of times Greg Norman, Nick price, what they would do was a lot of, a lot of gut just kind of going by feel. And, and that the old eye test of saying, you know, right. these guys are from the same country and they speak the same language. So they'll be, they'll be good partners. And, you know, now we're, we're drilling down deeper into, you know, who's hitting fairways and who's got the better short game and, and, and coming up with a, a much more, uh,
0: yeah, for it's alternate shot for example, way. when you, when you, when you get guys it's like okay, the the thinking was let's put guys who play a similar style together was the old method. Now you look at it, and it seems to me pretty obviously if we've got a really big hitter, let's put him with a really good wedge player because there's going to be a lot of wedges into these approach shots. Let's strategically think about how we're we're combining these people together not just on okay, it's it's a couple of guys from Japan or it's a couple of guys who are from Argentina or wherever they happen to be. So the language barrier isn't there. They probably have an established relationship. Maybe they play the same golf ball, whatever it's going to be. Um, there, it seemed like there was a lot deeper, as you're saying, thinking a lot more thinking that went into the creation of the pairings. And they were there. I mean, it was right there. I think the captains, and, and this is, you know, whatever cliche you want to sort of pull up, but, they, they, all they can do is, is put the players in a position where they can execute shots and win matches. No, Ernie Els didn't hit any shots. Uh, it's such a unique situation that Tiger Woods, being a playing captain, obviously he did, but all Els can do is create an environment where his players are comfortable, they have a really good understanding of the golf course, and then let these the best international players, the best team he can put together, go out there and, and try and succeed. And for four sessions, it was working, and there was a little while on Sunday where things got kind of dicey and it looked like they might be able to come back and, and steal just enough to be able to win the cup. So I, I, I agree. I think that he did a really good job. The other interesting sort of coming into the week. Um, you know, before everything began, everyone wanted to see what was going to happen with Patrick Reed. And obviously the crowd gave him the business uh, coming out of the hero world challenge where he was assessed that two stroke penalty for moving the sand behind his golf ball. You, you knew that was going to happen. He gives it right, right back to them, which we kind of assumed that was going to happen. <laughs> and then his caddy ends up getting banned from Sunday's play after shoving a fan who was yelling expletives at Reed. Now, going into the singles, as we already said, like Reed had played terribly. He and Webb Simpson were, hadn't won a point. He wasn't making birdies. I was thinking that, that Reed is either going to go one of two ways. Either he's going to really implode and it's going to be an all-time stink job in terms of Patrick Reed at the President's Cup, or he's going to come out ultra-focused. He's going to cocoon himself, and he's the kind of guy that probably loves the idea of me versus the world. He probably thinks it's me versus the world totally. just about every day, and certainly going up four through four and, and putting lights out, getting that huge lead, was not wholly surprising. Maybe going up four through four is a little bit, so I wasn't surprised that he played well the fact that CT pan then wins four out of six at the turn and makes things a little bit interesting was surprising. We Reed wins four and two, but you were out there with Patrick Reed in that group. What was going on? What was the dynamics would tell me about the, the, the security and, and, and the drunks and the people who weren't, what, what was it like out there?
1: You know, uh, I, th- you know, I think it was, uh, it, it was such a strange week for the guy. It, it's just everything with him is such a soap opera. And, uh, this was just, uh, you you knew that, like you said, you knew the fans were going to get on him, And, and part of it, you know, there was a bit of an inevitability to this whole saga that happened on Saturday with his caddy, because, you know, the play, a lot of bunch of the players from Adam Scott to Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman were were basically said to the fans, we want you to get on him, We want you to, you know, give, give this guy a hard time. He deserves it. And, uh, it almost we're waiting for somebody to go a little, you know, a little bit across the line, because overall I thought most of the, the the stuff was pretty harmless. I mean, the guy it, it, it doesn't it can't you can't like here having people calling you a cheater and all the, some of the other stuff that was said but you know the stuff calling him an excavator or Mr. Sandman that stuff's kind of funny and you expect that from from fans i mean i think that's all that stuff's kind of fair and and patrick reed is uh he that th- this stuff is his fuel he he lives off of this he's got a tough skin but um his caddy apparently a bit of a snowflake. And that's kind of what Ernie Els was saying in the press conference was, you -hmm. know, we went through a lot worse in New York at at Liberty National in 2017.
0: I I was at New York and and he's right. (laughs) I mean, again, I wasn't in Australia, but I can tell you that uh, long about 11 o'clock each morning, the the folks in New York were well hydrated and they were letting their opinions be known. And We'll sort of leave it at that. But yeah, I think Els is right on that one.
1: Yeah, there were, there was plenty of Heinekens uh, being consumed out on the golf course, and and pretty much every hole somebody had something to say. Some were clever, some were just you know, uh, you know, don't you know, stay out of the bunker, get in the bunker type stuff. But uh, you know, Patrick Reed just he just didn't seem to have much energy the first few days. It wasn't it didn't seem like Captain America out there. And then on on Sunday, wow this that was the guy we were we were hoping for and i just think he's such a lone wolf he really doesn't play that well in these in the foursome and four ball unless he's been paired with jordan Spieth, and and that mm-hmm. teaming has kind of broken up but uh in in, in singles he's he's uh th- that's his that's his uh mojo yeah. there yeah and uh and he was he was spectacular it was really fun to watch him play he was fired up we saw the fist pumps and the come ons and let's goes and just uh, you know giving giving fans the stink eye when they were uh, giving him a hard time. It, he he hit some brilliant shots out there, uh, especially the bunker shot he hit on seven. Uh, I was walking down the, the fairway at the next hole. Uh, he had short sided himself on that short uh, short hole in the right green side bunker and just hit this incredible uh, spinny bunker shot, which is not easy in those, uh, you know, the sand belt bunkering is so spectacular and, and put it in, in tight birdie range and, and just, he was six up after seven and, and, and bones. I, I think he said this as much on the broadcast, but he came up to me and he said, have you ever seen a, a bunker shot as good as that? And I said, well, maybe a few when you were with Phil, yeah, exactly. but, uh, it, it was, you know, he was just a birdie machine and, uh, you know, CT pan who had made just about everything. Uh, the couple other matches that he would played against Patrick uh, just missed a few early, a couple of yep. three putts. Yeah. And, and you know, he, he put up a good fight and, and it kind of got interesting. It was starting to feel a little bit like late Saturday afternoon when Justin Thomas and Ricky and a couple other matches all of a sudden, you know, lost some big leads that ended up in, in uh, being tied. I, I, I was starting to wonder if, if, if Patrick was going to let it get away. But uh, but he closed the door and. Um, you know, that was a big
0: point. So he, he redeems himself to some degree with that great singles performance on Sunday. And and that's great. And we will remember that we will remember as we still do, obviously his tremendous performance against Rory McIlroy at Hazeltine. He played tremendous golf. Some of the best golf he's probably ever played in his life. Let's fast forward about a year and a half or so. And let's say that he is just outside of the qualifying players for the Ryder cup. If you're captain, would you want him on your team?
1: Yeah, That's a tough one. It depends a little bit on who are some of the other options, I guess, but he, he's a big distraction. I think this was uh, a somewhat unusual circumstance because of what happened in in the Bahamas yeah. right right before it. So I have to think something like that's not going to be going on. But um, it, it is a home match. So maybe that maybe he will get a little bit better of reception from the American fans and um but yeah, uh, you know the dynamic, the team dynamic. He doesn't. He just doesn't fit so well. So, I guess it'll depend a lot on how he's playing. If he's if he's borderline, I could see Steve Stricker saying, "It's it's not worth it."
0: Yeah, especially when you consider the type of player that generally speaking he is. I mean, he's he's got a different game than somebody like Dustin Johnson and Tony Finau and Brooks Kepka, these big power players. He relies on momentum. He relies on that putter and short game, which when they're on he's he's got to be just brutal to compete against in in match play but then i whenever i was watching him and, and he's going you know losing his first couple matches with Webb, and then he loses the third one and obviously i was you know like you've got to bench this guy it occurred to me like well if if you were looking for that skill set then what about kevin kisner you know what there, there's a lot of guys you know that that could go in to that slot that you know are going to be total team players and kisner's played some you know, cup events. He's, he's been around, you know, there's a guy's, for example, if you just wanted a really, you know, great a putter, what about a guy like Brian Harmon? Um, Could, could be somebody who could jump there. There are alternatives and you sort of hinted at, let's see who are the, the other choices that could be there, but the distraction and all the off course stuff has got to be getting old. I think the American team is going to all say the right thing. No one's going to throw him under the bus, which we don't know if he would reciprocate that because he's throwing other people under that bus. But it has to be getting old. The idea of creating chemistry and team unity is something that I think in these 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 events are really important. Obviously, Ernie Els thinks it's really important. That was one of the main pushes that that he had through this week. And if if a player like Patrick Reed is going to rock the apple car too much and disrupt things, then then he's de- he's taking away from his value. He's taking away from what he brings to the table, and it's a real problem. Um, I don't know. If, if you want him to sort of be anything other than what he is, but it's it's something that's good. I think that they're going to have to really think long and hard about bringing him in there. One guy who is clearly going to be on these cup teams for a long, long time is Justin Thomas. I mean, if you think back shoot, after 2015, Jordan Spieth wins two majors, almost wins three. And a lot of people are thinking he's going to basically be the face of American golf. He's not even on this team you know, with the problems that he's been going through. Brooks Kapka, the world number one, is injured. I get that, so he wasn't there. But it feels like Justin Thomas, who was three zero and one coming in to the singles, he lost to, to Cameron Smith, a match maybe he could have won, but okay, he lost that one. It feels like he is going to be the leader of this core group of American players who are going to be playing Ryder Cups and President's Cups going forward. Do you get that sense as well, and is that sort of the feeling around the American team and, and on the golf course as well?
1: I love me some Justin Thomas. <laughs> love me some Justin Thomas. No, I think uh I think he is kind of the new Captain America for the team. I think he is taking that leadership position and and we'll, probably will step into it, you know, next year. He uh it's incredible stat. He he got to 10 wins between Presidents Cups and Ryder Cups faster than anyone since uh Lanny Watkins and Sam Snead, how about that? Nice. I mean that that's some good company. Anytime you break your breaking Watkins, a record. Or time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: with, with Sam Snead, you're 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 doing something right. And uh, just you know, he, he's I, I, he will be the first to admit that you know Tiger kind of carried him a bit in a couple of those early wins, but you know he came up with the big putt to uh, secure victory with Tiger. Um, and then I, I just think he was the, the definitely the leader playing with Ricky. The two of them have paired very well. I could see that being a, a Ryder cup pairing. Um, if, if, if Jordan Spieth isn't on the team, cause those guys seem to work very well, yep. um, at La Golf Nationale, you know, Justin Thomas has, is, he's just going to, I think he's just going to get better. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's our, our top, our top American right now. You know, uh, let's not forget, Brooks Koepka, um, who, who didn't sat this one out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think Justin Thomas is a really tough guy in, in match play. I was really impressed uh, watching him play singles against Rory McIlroy last year and and uh you know the two of them were tied going to 18 and and rory drove into the bunker and and thomas hit a beauty and, and and pulled out that victory um showed me a lot just the way he was able to to, to do that and and also man i i gotta i gotta say i love the way you know he he was just uh, a smoldering angry man i, I didn't want to <laughs> i i didn't even try to talk to him after um you know, he and he and Ricky uh, gave up a five five up lead. You know that they had in their in their match on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. He was just uh, he was just on fire, and and you know it was it was. Uh, I, I like seeing that. I mean, he he yeah, just said he it was unacceptable. It yeah. was unacceptable for that to be only a half point, and uh, you know that's what you want to see in your in your top guy.
0: But at the same time, there's there's no feeling I don't think ever that he's going to cross the line. He is going to be competitive. He's going to be fiery within himself, but he's not the kind of guy who is going to get into it with the crowd or upstage his opponent or try and do any of the monkey business that we've seen with Reed. And that's one of the reasons why I think that it just organically comes out. The, the leadership is not something that he had to, or seems like he's trying to consciously grab. It's just, it just comes out. You look at him by example, and here's one of the most talented players in the world who has shown this means a lot to him. He really wants to win Ryder Cups and President's Cups. He wants to play at the highest level. He's played with different players sort of of his generation. I get the fact that he hasn't really swapped up. But then to to pair up with Tiger Woods, which to some degree had to be a surreal experience because here's the guy that you idolized growing up, and I'm sure was a huge influence on him you know, when he's playing junior golf and then afterwards and he's playing alongside of you and he's carrying you a little bit the first day, but then you're, you're the guy who sinks the winning putt. You're the guy on that putt, you know, on that putter drop thing who, who maybe probably created one of the highlights of the event and you're doing it alongside your idol. And it's, he's, all of these things are put together. All these experiences, I think, have the potential to make 2020 for Justin Thomas a, a huge year if he can roll this in which is interesting because the President's Cup being so late this year we're going to get right back into the PGA Tour season in the United States pretty quickly here I mean we've got the Tournament of Champions at Kapalua is going to come up in Sony and Justin Thomas is going to be getting back into things much sooner than for example if the President's Cup was being played in September or the first week of October and then you'd have you know, a three or four month layoff before his schedule gets going. I think it's going to be easier for him to maintain this and have a really, really big year. The other player who I think has the potential to, and really the breakout player of this event for me was Abraham Answer from Mexico. Um, he was as tough as a $4 stake playing against <laughs> Tiger Woods. He was, he was an absolute handful. How much do you think this experience for Answer pushes him in 2020 and what is, what does he get out of this?
1: Yeah I think he's one of the one of the most underrated players in professional golf right now. You know, he had won a tournament the Australian Open last year so very comfortable in the Australian Sam Bell golf courses but he he, he did not get a victory last year. Finished second at one mm-hmm. of the FedEx uh, events. So, you know, he's he played well all season, but he has not won yet. As Caddy said to me, people don't know much about him because he doesn't get the featured pairings. He's not playing with any of the winners yet. So I think he's just I think he's a guy I'd put money on him winning a tournament in, in 2020 and uh, continuing to develop as a player. You know, has come a long way from, um, you know, losing his card his very first season, really struggling and, and, and shows that he belongs. He's got a great great short game and and a super putter and um showed a lot of a lot of guts this week although the one interesting thing was that uh you know abraham master had made a comment at mayakoba golf classic that he wanted to face tiger woods well apparently Mm -hmm. tiger read that (laughs) and so uh it was almost like a stephen ames type 10 and 8 thing he he wanted a he wanted a a piece of Abraham answer and, and Abraham uh, learned what it's like to, uh, to face Tiger Woods when he's, when he's hungry to show you.
0: Who's yeah. Boss. I, I, I saw the, I saw the quote that came out afterwards. It's that basically was attributed to Tiger saying like, he said that he wanted me and he got it. It's like, you know, yeah. you really want to be careful because Tiger does, I think read, or he has people that read everything <laughs> for him. Um, I was at TPC Boston a couple of years ago when they had the Dell technology championships, which is at that point was the second leg of the FedEx Cup and he shot a Saturday 65 and was brilliant and I think a lot of people were looking around like who the hell's Abraham answer we haven't we haven't ever heard of this guy you're looking in the field and there was Rory and there was Kepka, and and Spieth was sort of trying to grind his way out of, of some troubles and things like that and I saw answer on the putting green uh late on Sunday morning and he was one of the last groups that go out. actually it was Monday morning because they finished that one on Labor Day Monday and the the moment already even before he hit the first shot seemed like it was too big for him. It, it he he had played some very good golf. He did not look ready to be that field on a big golf course like TPC Boston, but it was an incremental step, you know, and so he he was out there and he got that experience and to your point like he's he's played pretty well this year. He's in some of the last groups when Patrick Reed wins at Liberty National and and that's more experience and these cup competitions, I, I agree. I I think the world of the guy. I I don't think that he looks like what we think of the prototypical you know twenty twenty golfer who's going to be six foot four, totally jacked and ripped, and is hitting at three thirty off the tee. But he controls the ball brilliantly. His short game is so good. He hits also some bunker shots. You talk about Reed hitting some. Abraham Answer hit a couple of long, like seventy five, a hundred foot bunker shots from some of those tr- tremendous. Alistair McKenzie bunkers on that golf course and he's just he's knocking him dead I mean they're they're kick in range and I'm just like this guy is unbelievable it was the kind of performance that candidly I was sort of hoping to see from Adam Scott who playing on home ground must today feel absolutely gutted um I was shocked to see that Xander Shoffley was able to handle him the way that he did Scott put up a fight towards the end uh, but I thought playing in Australia Scotty would be the toughest guy in singles, um, what do you think is going through Adam Scott's head? He has so many losing experiences now in Presidents Cup. It's yeah. realistic to think that he's not going to play another one as a home game. Probably again, he's got to be absolutely just, just, just crushed right now, right?
1: Uh, yeah, and he he just he, in the press conference he he just couldn't even uh, you know oh, he could hardly put a few sentences together, and he's such an elegant speaker. He just kept saying he's dis- how disappointed he was. And that, you know, he believes that the team's moving in the right direction for the future and he wants another crack at it. That was about all we could really get him to, to say at that point. And, uh, you know, I think I feel bad for Ernie in the sense that, you know, uh, the guys who I think have gone through the most pain, none of them really deliver today. Hideki uh, has been on a number of teams in a row and, and he was four up. Uh, through eight holes and, and ended up in a tie. Uh, Louis Louis, is his countryman, uh, you know, who grew up idolizing mm-hmm. Ernie had, had a big lead as well and let Matt Kuchar back into that match. And Matt Kuchar clinched the winning point, half point. Um, and, and then Adam Scott, I mean, yeah, the guy is, he's winless in nine times. This was, it was right. Like we said, right there for the taking and, and Xander really controlled that match from the get go and uh adam scott's putter really let him down and i think uh he's gonna look back on this one it's gonna be a a bad taste in his mouth for a while because um you know the guys who one of the things that that i was talking with paul azinger before this thing started he said the uh the europeans hate to lose the the internationals they, they don't like to lose but they don't hate to lose and and I think that showed up a little bit today and that these guys, maybe it was just too much pressure being at home and, 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 and just how much it, they wanted to do it for Ernie and, and uh, maybe it was just too, a little too much added too much pressure for those guys. But um, you know, to get only two wins in the singles um, you know, you're, you're not going to, you know, they were lucky that they were as close as they were, but um, Ernie, I thought, did did everything he could this week to yeah. uh, put his team in the right position. He said we, we our goal was to get to ten points going into the singles, and they did that. They did but that, then yeah. their 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 big guns let them down on on Sunday.
0: Yeah. So uh, so the f bomb of the week goes to Patrick Cantley, who uncorked a beauty. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but certainly on the broadcast they immediately apologized after he he sank a birdie putt that that obviously meant a lot to him. Usually a pretty quiet guy on the golf course, tremendous game, but um what did you sort of think from from him this week I to be honest with you I look at him as sort of a guy who's just continuously overlooked he doesn't have the flamboyance he doesn't have the sort of big personality that Justin Thomas walks in the room and you know he's there and Jordan Spieth has had that I mean may not have it sort of right now Ricky Fowler is is one of the most electric personalities and from a marketing standpoint, everybody sort of jumped on him right from the get-go. So we all sort of know about Ricky Fowler, but Patrick Cantley just sort of goes about his business. And he seemed like a tough guy. I, I love when he comes out all in black and obviously he's wearing the team uniform at this event, but like, he's, he's like the Johnny cash of, of golf. He he comes out there as the man in black and he just lays it down. And I, I love the way he plays. I love the fact that nobody ever really talks about him as being their pick at big tournaments and big championships, but on a pressure filled stage and a time when obviously he wanted to play, he said that he was really excited to play team golf for the first time. I think it was the 2011 Walker Cup matches, he said, was the the last time he had played on a team and represented his country. It clearly means a lot for him. In some ways, he's just overlooked. He is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm on his bandwagon with you. I I think he's going to be uh, a really big star, even bigger than he already is. And, and uh, you know, I, I think there's majors in his future because he's got such a complete game, drives it so straight and long. And uh, you're a big stats guy. I mean, he's in the top 20, 20 in like... Everything. Or the top in, in like 25, 30 different categories. Yeah. He's just so consistent. And uh, when you have that many opportunities, I think as, as once he starts getting a little more comfortable... Being in those positions, I I I think he's going to be a two three win type type guy, and uh, you know with potential to get to world number one, I really think so. I think I think yeah. he's just starting to figure it out, and uh, you know he went through some tough times. Yes, he did uh, with the back injury and, and his friend uh, it's witnessing his friend get Literally hit by a car dying and dying in his arms. Exactly. Go, yeah, when you when you go through stuff like that, um, you know some of these little things in the golf world they're not as uh you, you have more of an appreciation of life and and everything and i think he's he's a bit of an old soul i, I understand he uh spent a lot of you know it was a kind of a country club kid who grew up playing with the the uh the 60 70 year old guys would bring let him in their games and so he's he's he loves to play gin and uh I think he he got along pretty well in the team room, and I think this was a, a good year for him to get the exposure of being part of one of these winning teams. And because he's gonna, I, I think he'll be a a slam dunk Ryder Cup guy for for next year, and 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 then probably many years to come.
0: So let's talk about that for just a second. And we and we've sort of danced around this, but obviously we've got Ryder Cup coming up um, in 2020. And if you sort of look up and down the lineup of the players that we would assume are probably going to be there, you got Patrick Cantley, who's 27. Justin Thomas, who's 26, Shoffley's 26, Kepka, who didn't play this event, is 29, Ricky Fowler just turned 31. Then you sort of blend in Tiger Woods, who there's no reason to think the way that he's been playing, you know, he's he's not going to be a part of that team, Dustin Johnson. Um, that's seven really strong players. There's no reason to think, or can you think of a reason why the American team shouldn't be really, really strong it, at the next Ryder Cup in 2020?
1: I think they're in a good position for many years to come, and and you know I mentioned a couple of those young guys, Colin Morikawa, I think is going to continue to, yeah. So there's and and I and I love Kisner, I love Kisner uh, in this type of in match play and a team event. You mentioned you brought him up earlier. Um, you know he didn't really have a good fall to to you know get on Tiger's radar, but I I think he would have been. Uh, you know there's some guys that just. They're just they just know how to how to He's gonna grind it out. To win. You'd hate yeah. to play
0: Kisner in a match thing. So I agree. Yeah. I think that there's an embarrassment of riches. We didn't even talk about Bryson and D. and Tony Fino. D. had a really up and down week. I think that at times he struggled. Um and then he obviously plays better in the singles. Fino I think is not attributed. People just don't appreciate how much guts this guy has had. To to be able to make the comeback that he did and steal a half point was absolutely brilliant, so um, I think that the U.S. Ryder Cup team going into the fall is, is is looking good, assuming people are playing to the level that we assume they're going to play to, that we don't have big injuries. If Jordan Spieth can turn it around, and, and I think he does turn it around. I know there's a lot of people who are really down on him, but I, I think he's too smart and too young and too good to not figure it out at some point. Which, which team do you think right now, is the strongest. I mean, it's, it's sort of odd that we don't have the equivalent where the European star players who will play Ryder Cup, they're not going to face this international team. Between the European team that we sort of think about and the Americans and the internationals, and the internationals making huge strides this year with President's Cup. I, I think they really grew by leaps and bounds. Which team, in your opinion, is the strongest?
1: Well, I think on paper, it's the, it's the U.S. team, but the Europeans they have they have the cup everybody really wants right now mm-hmm. so uh, you know I, I think I think Whistling Straits is a good venue for the Europeans Harrington's a smart guy will probably work even harder than Ernie Els has in, in prepping for for 2020 and um, you know I think this is a I'm trying to think of the right word to use here maybe you can help me out but um, I think the whole system for the U.S everything that happened with the, the the you know the revamping their whole system is is really going to this course, is the yes. year like <laughs> this is the year where we see are are we going down the right track because if the US loses at home then where what have we really you know yeah. then then we're we're back to square one right because mm-hmm. you know they won that first one but then not so good on the road last time. So this is the one. I think this one is a big test cuz if you lose at home, then 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 what? I think is the real question with the for the US Ryder Cup team and uh, I thought the you know that first victory seemed like validation but everything was they, everything kind of went I don't well, know everything they, they went south. Of a Paris. Lot of yeah. Paris everything
0: Paris absolutely they, was. There,
1: a, there were there were many mistakes made uh in in terms of s- selections and and how they how they prepared for that
0: for so that, uh, that cup. So let's finish this up with a discussion of what I think was the biggest star of the show, and that was Royal Melbourne itself. You've had a chance to walk around that golf course a lot. Tell me your impressions of Royal Melbourne and and the hype that was going on the broadcast uh, was was over the top, but, but it seemed justified. That looks like an absolute gem of a golf course, and it's a pity we're probably not going to see it for, for a little while. Tell me about your impressions of Royal Melbourne.
1: Yeah, it's just it's the way golf should be. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's so strategic. You, it's all about where you're positioning your golf ball and you got to, you know, run the ball up and, and, every, and the ball was bouncing and, it, and, 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 ah, oh gosh, it's just, that's good golf. And, and we need, we need more of that and, and, and to challenge these guys and just watch them, the thinking and, and processing of, of, of how to play certain shots and the variety of options that that you have out there it wasn't long, it wasn't crazy rough. There, you know, it was just, you know, Mackenzie was a genius. Um, it was a, you know, it's a it's a place that's it felt like a British Open, but the greens are are like Augusta National, and um, you know, I didn't hear anybody say anything negative about the golf course. But and, and really, how could you? There's so many great ones in this area of the Australian sand belt um had a chance to play a couple of them and looking Mm -hmm. forward to playing a few more gonna
0: gonna be going night night here very soon because uh (laughs) where's the tea time tomorrow or later today Kingston Heath another
1: Heath with uh yeah uh, I'm gonna name drop you're playing playing a little golf with Ian Baker Finch tomorrow morning
0: nice there you go so I, I wonder what his mood will be uh tomorrow I mean he doesn't directly have anything with his team but uh I think, to, I think that Monday, Australia mourns, and, and in many places, the, they're going to be mourning, but uh, we're not. Fantastic job this week up on golf, golfweek.com. You know, the having that boots on the ground, as they say, is there's no substitute for it, Shoop. so get yourself some rest. Peg it up with IVF tomorrow, and uh, thanks a lot for coming on the 4 Press. All right, buddy. Anytime.